0: All right, we are still talking about deconstructing faith and today we are centering on another problem that comes up when you are deconstructing it.
1: Yeah, you heard us. The faith, deconstructing it. And <laughs> we're not trying to trivialize anybody's journey if they've deconstructed their faith or have walked through this. We're not trying to minimize anyone's personal pain or any of that stuff.
0: Right. We just really feel like it's necessary for us to shed some light in this conversation because it really does go a lot deeper than just walking away from um the Bible
1: yeah, definitely yeah and uh, if you missed it, last week we talked about uh, the personal problem with deconstructing faith and so uh, what you're going to want to do is you're going to pause this, you're going to click right around this area ish and um, you're going to want to go back and watch that and then come back here as we dive in today and we talk about the science problem. so let's get to it.
0: You're listening to the Nick Smith podcast, real life, no myth, where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith podcast, rate us on iTunes, or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to.
1: Hey, we are your host, Nick Smith.
0: And Kylie Jo Smith. And today we are talking all about... The science problem. And before we get to that, we just want to say thank you so much to our Inner Circle. Inner Circle, what up? You have continued to support this podcast and make it possible every single week. And actually with the Inner Circle, we plan on discussing something that we touched on in the last episode, which was, what was it?
1: frustration tolerance. there it was
0: <laughs> <laughs> the thing like, it was a thing it was, it was a big a, deal we talked about it It was um, stuff right so we want to talk about the frustration uh tolerance mm-hmm. that, we, to that we build frustration need. tolerance yes and in particular this is something that comes up with parenting that's right and this is an issue that we have a lot of us have it we get frustrated with it um I'm
1: frustrated uh, <laughs> that you bring that up right now um
0: but how do we teach our children how to have Um, a healthy understanding of frustration and why it's important. And also for those who are leaders who are um, in churches and ministries or even business, how do you teach your employees and those under your care that frustration is a natural part of the process of growing? So we're going to talk about that at the Inner Circle. That's right. And if you want to join that, you'll hear about it at the end of the episode.
1: That's right. So let's jump on into it. Before we uh, talk about the science problem, let's redefine deconstruction because without Uh, a definition without agreeing on terms and what are you arguing about? What are you even talking about? Right. So uh, deconstruction, uh, the, the definition that we came up with last week, Mm -hmm. it was a method of critical analysis of philosophical and literary language, which emphasizes the internal work, internal,
0: internal, internal
1: workings workings (laughs) of language and conceptual systems the relational quality of meaning and the assumptions implicit in forms of expression. That's right. crazy. That's
0: that's a big definition, but it's not our definition. It's like the actual yeah. literal we're not, we're definition of uh. it. <laughs> but I liked, you had mentioned what um, Dr. Eric Mason had said was, yes. was the definition of deconstruction in this context.
1: Yeah. He was talking about, he's, he was doing a sermon series about it, but um, his definition was, uh, formally evaluating your core beliefs, like reevaluating your core beliefs. Making core it more beliefs. personal, not just yeah. like
0: the deconstruction of something, but it's like for you, what you are engaging in. Because it is it is something you engage in. It's a personal thing. Like we talked about last week, it's a personal problem. But it's something that you as a human being are involved in. It's not yeah. just something that passively happens to a thing.
1: Exactly. And the, that's more of how it's commonly used anyway. Mm-hmm. When we when talk about deconstruction in popular culture, uh, you've heard a lot of uh, former Christian artists You've heard a lot of uh, big name people maybe that have uh, discussed losing their faith or mm-hmm. they don't say losing faith anymore. It's deconstructing their faith. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, the way it is kind of presented is it's destroying or picking apart mm-hmm. the areas of your your belief that you no longer believe yeah. because of whatever reason. And so yeah. today what we're talking about, that reason that a lot of folks that we've experienced, this isn't a blanket statement again, uh, but a lot of the experiences that we've had with folks who have deconstructed it's been because of this science problem.
0: It's a, it's a problem.
1: So, so what is the science problem?
0: Well, I, it goes back to this really, it, it's this incredibly insightful film that I think every person should watch. It's, it's just full of, of gospel truth. And, what, what that is? Uh, it's called Nacho Libre. <laughs> and I just think uh, that it's the really relevant. Epic. I mean, uh, they think Nacho I don't Libre. know a buttload about the gospel, <laughs> but, I but I do. I do. <laughs> anyway you gotta watch it it's a hilarious movie but one of the things that one of the characters says in the movie is he's like i don't believe in god i believe in science and he a says, a it, skeletal says that. A yes skeletal. he says it so like smug and like i don't need that religious garbage i have science on my side yes and then of course the main character uh, played by jack black is continually trying to like, oh, come on. Like he, well, he, then like, he baptizes, he, he forced <laughs> he baptizes, like forced baptizes him, which isn't cool. We don't do that. It's not, <laughs> that's not the gospel. But, um, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's this like juxtaposition to the conversation of like, well, I, I don't, I don't need anything else. I see. I believe in science.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, that's, uh, been consistently the argument against faith mm-hmm. is from a position of science and so much so that there's been pseudoscience to combat science, to try <laughs> to, uh, justify, some positions that the church holds. You
0: got science to argue with your science. what well,
1: pseudoscience. Not even real science. It's like pretend science? Kinda of science. It's like eh, it's science-ish. You know what I mean? Like it's science like. Like second cousin <laughs> to science. <laughs> That's um, twice removed. <laughs> and so some of the bigger arguments that um have come out, I I don't know if you remember, it would have been seven, seven years or so ago. Mm-hmm. When a Bill Nye, the science guy debated uh, oh, Ken yes. Ham, Kevin Ham, Ken, Ken, Ken yeah, Ham. Thank yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. Um, about creationism yeah. versus, um, oh, yeah, old evolution. earth, young earth. This has been an argument for a long time. Well, and
0: now you have even more like controversial and like conspiracy theorists in the like flat earth debate. Yeah. Which, like it. Like that's thrown in there,
1: and they span the uber like religious and the uber atheistic, which
0: is crazy. Yeah, you have people anyway, but like you have, it's a pseudoscience. This like way of understanding and interpreting the world, and it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's you're either one or the other. Yeah, and it's like it's crazy because I've always found, or at least at a certain point, I found that certain things about both. Mm science and scripture would verify or bring more clarity to the other it's yeah. like you read something in scripture and it's like oh wow like that's incredible and then you see something in science or it's in science <laughs> yeah, you like see it, it like in it's, the science. it's in the science look world look at the science so no, but you see it in nature yeah occurring a certain way it's like oh wow like that's what god meant and even though in scripture it may be worded poetically mm-hmm. or in a way that's like that's not literally what it is but here I see what that is meant to represent in yeah. the natural world. And it's like, in some regards, people have like thrown off this, again, nuance, which is a word we use in the last episode. They've thrown exactly. off the nuance of like seeing these things work synergistically and said, nope, nope. It's either God or science, either the word of God or the word of this one person who said this one thing a long time ago. It's either
1: Darwin or <laughs> Abraham. I don't know. It's well, weird. I think there's talking about nuance. I think we want a simplistic answer. And we talked about that yep. again um, in the previous episode, but mm-hmm. we're, we're so in- ingrained into desiring simple and simplistic answers that yeah. we don't think about this understanding that, that God can be the God of science. Right. Like God is bigger than science. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's been so many debates that have, come up you've got genealogical records in scripture versus Mm -hmm. carbon dating you've got old earth Mm -hmm. versus new or young earth right yeah you've got these these schools of thought that say i can't comprehend scripture being taken any other way but literal and then you Mm -hmm. have these other schools of thought that says well if scripture has anything in it that contradicts um, the the known and accepted and tested scientific understanding in the scientific community and all of Scripture has to be wrong, and yeah. and there's this weird like either or that that we don't have to accept as Christians. Yeah.
0: Well, and we don't we don't accept it in any other regard. Like we don't no? say, oh, well, this one thing happened a thousand times in a row in nature, but this one time it didn't happen. Well, we don't we don't suddenly throw out everything else. We don't we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater in no. that case. But for some reason, when it comes to the Word of God, as opposed or, um, as it exists for the Christian belief. Mm-hmm. We want to do that. And also yeah. I will say like this whole taking things literally, I, I really have a frustration with that, like over application of the literal interpretation of scripture. Mm-hmm. I believe there are many things that we need to take literally. Yes. But I think the bigger problem is that we find so many Christians do not take it
1: seriously. Come on. That's what I'm talking like, about. Like you
0: want so badly to argue about a literal six day creation. Hey, that's fine. That's cool. You want to, that's great. Yeah. Do your thing. But are you even concerned with the seriousness of the first six commandments? Like, are we even thinking about that? Because yeah. we're so worried about, well, what am I teaching my children in this curriculum? And I, I've heard it so much in the homeschool community, especially. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you don't teach your kids X, Y, Z, and you're a Christian homeschooler, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, pre- you're pretty hell. much, you are pretty much raising heathens. <laughs> if you do not teach them this young earth creationism, and you don't teach them a court, like, and there's curriculum that I understand it, it does take a little bit of stretching i will say in my own interpretation of the curriculum it takes a little bit of stretching the imagination to try to get to some of those literal places
1: yeah and i think what people don't understand in in this day and age in our modern time is that the history of these worldviews is it this is stemming back from a naturalism versus um like creationism type mm-hmm. not creation but like the spiritual understanding of like how god created the world versus naturalism that says only what I can see exists. Okay. And so, and this has been around yeah. since, since Darwin, right. Yeah. And, and Darwin brought about the understanding of um, survival of the fittest and evolution and all this. And so this, this mindset that says, okay, what I see, what I can measure, what I can, I can physically touch empirical data is all that exists. Hmm. Like there is nothing beyond the the physical, like that's a naturalistic worldview. And when you um, live out a naturalistic worldview, it tends to, um, put you opposed to things of the spirit mm-hmm. and not just uh, the Christian understanding, but anyone that believes in anything beyond a physical like manifestation. Like so transcendent. Like, yeah. Any consciousness. transcendent thought, consciousness. That's it. Morality, ethics, these things that mm. we know are real, but there are these explanations for them that, that are based in the naturalistic worldview that are simply based on survival of the fittest mm. that honestly, I don't find compelling. I don't find them to be arguments that, that give enough oomph. To be like, oh, yeah, that argument makes sense. How morals and um an understanding of right and wrong can come out of survival of the fittest.
0: Well, and I think it's also that there's a weird, like, constant wanting to connect the animal kingdom to humanity. Yeah. And I think a lot of that. Because
1: we're physical beings. Yes.
0: And we want to understand, like, well, wait a minute. How how did it's natural to want to know how something comes into existence, Mm -hmm. how certain species have similarities, like all of these things that there are question marks surrounding so many of those things, like the, um, the debate of like human beings coming from apes and all of that. Like there's so many things. It's like, wow, it's fascinating that we can see these things in the natural world, Mm -hmm. but yet what, what we see in scripture doesn't, there's nothing here spelled out that says that. And so then how do we reconcile what we're seeing? And one of the things that, um, it may be, I guess, a little mundane to say this, but um we do live by faith, not by sight. That there's something about that truth that says, I don't necessarily have to live everything out by what I see in front of me and what I can touch. Yeah. Because if that were the case, then there would be no reason for us to have faith or hope. Yeah. Because faith is the evidence of things hoped for and not yet seen. Mm-hmm. And so like all of this obsession that we that we have with like if I can't see it, if it can't be proven, Mm -hmm. if I can't find a formula for it and I can't watch it occur in nature without any manipulation from outside forces, then it can't be real. I think that really like it handcuffs us and it does place a great burden on the person trying to interpret something because it's like, well, then what do I do with those instances where there's something just so incredibly phenomenal? Like Mm -hmm. we have a word for it, even in science, it's phenomenal. It's like, well, I don't even know how, I don't, can't even explain this. Yeah. Um, like it, it, it puts a lot of strain on the person trying to interpret that truth because there are some things that just can't be explained.
1: When I think the the purpose of, the purpose of science is not to give us a why, it's mm-hmm. to give us a how. And so mm-hmm. when you look at science versus faith or science versus uh, scripture, um, they're operating really in two, not two separate realms as in God doesn't enter into science, but they're answering two separate questions. Mm, And there, there've been historically in the church, there have been brilliant minds who were, um, sold out for Jesus, loved Jesus, believed in scripture as being the, the word, the Holy Spirit inspired word of God that still, um, explored the scientific world in Mm -hmm. ways that brought about, um, all sorts of stuff, advancement in science. If you look at um, now he's more of a philosopher, but like St. Thomas Aquinas, mm-hmm. he had like he entered into uh this intellectual space with his faith. It wasn't a thing where he's like, okay, I'm gonna check my faith at the door and I'm gonna walk <laughs> into this this space here. No, he yeah. like, he's like, listen, God is the God of all truth. And I think that's something that we forget in the church. Mm-hmm. We forget that God is the God. Like we have the capital T truth. Yeah. And so we can't be afraid of little little T truths. Mm-hmm. And there are so many times where we get caught up in these little arguments of of Debating um, like the small things, the yeah. the small scientific developments of like, hey, did you know that they carbon dated this footprint back, you know, ten billion years or, or whatever? I don't know numbers; it's some big number, <laughs> right? Like, and then people are like, no, that can't be because the word says genealogically that it's only been six thousand years, right? And it's like, listen, why are you afraid of like anything outside that that challenges your understanding of maybe the scripture, maybe the phenomenological language in scripture? Or maybe the poetic mm. language in scripture wasn't meant to be taken literally. Maybe. Yeah, like a day, age. Yeah, a there's, day all, an age, there's yeah. interpretation. There's, there's mm-hmm. nuance. There's, there's room for diversity of thought as long as we understand the who did it in scripture, mm-hmm. right? The who done it. Mm, um, it's yeah. not so much about how. And we're gonna get into more about that in uh, the next episode where we, yeah. we dive into scripture. Yeah. But um, I think we can't as Christians like, try to pigeonhole ourselves into trying to answer every question. That science can think of. Yeah. Like one thing is for certain is that we have to be able to um know that that God is behind it all mm-hmm. and be able to hold the truth of God's word um up to whatever scrutiny that that comes, yeah, and not be afraid of someone being like, Well, it says that the earth or the sun rises mm-hmm. and we know that the sun doesn't rise. So therefore yeah. scripture can't be taken seriously. It's like, no, I'm not pitting <laughs> science against this poem. Like right. that's not how we do things. You wouldn't right. do that with Robert Frost, right? <laughs> you wouldn't, you, you know what I mean?
0: Like we're not going to do that with "Quoth the Raven. <laughs> that is not Raven. Ravens don't quoth. Yeah. There's no is way scientifically incorrect. So I'm never going like to debate that, Alan. That's like the debate they tried to have about Ariel being a, a person of color when they yes. were going to film it they're like well scientifically speaking <laughs> Ariel could not be of color and someone's like scientifically speaking mermaids C- crabs can't talk t- crabs can- so you can- can't have a symphony happening underwater with animals talking like you're like, cool with this, with this crab having a Jamaican
1: accent but, but you, you don't not- want
0: Ariel be- like there's some <laughs> things that <laughs> it's just interesting how our brains will like lock onto something and I think yeah when it comes to scripture and science and this, this um, ongoing debate that happens of like trying to prove one or disprove Mm -hmm. the other. um, I think it's really good as a person, whether you are on the side of which I don't think anyone should be on either side of it, but whether you're more oriented towards science or more oriented towards scripture, whichever orientation you have. There we go. (laughs) um, You, I think you have to ask yourself, what is my purpose? for mm. wanting this interpretation. Like, what is yeah. the purpose I have? Because I what, think-
1: What answer is this providing me that I'm yearning for? Exactly.
0: Like when it comes yeah. to those who reject science, who say it's only the literal interpretation of scripture and only the literal literal interpretation of scriptures that I choose, mm-hmm. mind you. Um, why? Why is that? What I, I would question to say, well, what are you trying to control in this situation? Yeah. What interpretation are you trying to mold someone else to have? Because usually those those comments are made in um, a situation where someone's teaching someone else or being questioned by someone else and it's someone in authority. So like, what are you trying to control about Mm -hmm. this person's interpretation of scripture for the scientific side of it? Same thing. What are you trying to control or what are you trying to remove from someone's peripheral? So they only see the objective thing that you want them to see based on this scenario. Like, yeah, I, I always wonder like, well, what do you stand to get out of it? If this person disagrees with you on this, what are you losing? If they agree with you on this, what do you feel that you're gaining from that? And in the end, like, not seeking to change another person's view of either. It's really hard, though, because it's that's, like, I want you to see it my way.
1: That's a good—so that reminds me of, of a class I took on the book of Luke. We're talking about the theology of Luke, and a lot of times Luke is looked at as a history. I'm going to get to the science part. Stay with me. <laughs> um, Luke is looked at as a history, and so this whole class that I took, we were discussing— What's the theology of Luke? Like, Mm -hmm. even though he has all of this historical context, what's his theological bend? What is he trying to get at? And um, uh, A.W. Tozer is quoted as saying, what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. So wrapping all this up together, um, your point of view about this science versus religion is going to say something theologically about Mm. how you view the world. Whether or not you find yourself to be a religious or theological person. And a lot of times when you're you're entering into into this debate, Um, A question that I've heard asked is how much proof is needed for you to admit that you could be wrong Mm, on either side? That's good. Like if this if I was able to give you all of this proof saying that you're not correct, would you yield and would you change your mind? And nine times out of 10, most people are like, no, even if you said everything that I believed and you showed me proof. Even then, because at at your core, you have some sort of. Some sort of belief that is central to your identity, Mm -hmm. some sort of belief that, that you've based your whole worldview on. Yeah. And and that's what you're defending. Yeah. And a lot of times mm-hmm. um, in deconstructing a faith, and this doesn't happen all the times because I know someone's like, "That's not what happened to me." But there's a wound, there's an injury, yep. whether it's um, emotional, f- psychological, intellectual. There's something that happens that challenges a pre-under pre- um, preconceived. Thank you, preconceived notion, uh, a pre-accepted understanding of the worldview, um, and something's challenged where there's no foundation. Mm. And once that that doubt is put there, or once that fear. That wow, I believed that, or I believe this person, and now all this stuff is is shaken. Mm-hmm. So now I have to grab onto the one thing that I, I did find that was true, which was this scientific fact. Yeah, and I'm going to use this as my base to deconstruct all this other stuff wow. because I was lied to, mm. because I was frustrated about, because and it it puts you in a place where the question you ask, like, what are you trying to prove? Either yeah. way, yeah. like, are you seeking truth? If you are seeking truth, capital T truth, mm. um, then then wouldn't truth lead you to believe? Whatever it presents,
0: yeah, that's good. I think, honestly, the the way you're describing that really reminds me of the garden. I, I I've said this so many times. Like everything, I s- I see it when I break it down to its bare essentials. Break goes it down back, now. Break it, down. Down, it goes back down. to the garden, yeah. Because when Eve was tempted,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as the story goes, like what we read, and what we tend to look at and say, okay, well, Eve was tempted by the serpent. The serpent made her do it. Then she gave it to her husband, and he blamed it on her. But really, there was a seed of a thought planted in Eve that
1: mm-hmm.
0: somehow God's keeping something from you. That's
1: right. Yeah. And
0: it, that's all it took was for that one little seed of like doubt to then fracture that relationship and fracture that truth that she was born into, that she was living in relationship. That's all it took was one little seed of doubt. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we see trying to cover up They're, They tried to like hide themselves and they, they yeah. hid themselves from God In justification and, and yes, justifying like, well, I only did it because of this and I did it because of the woman you gave me. And, um, you said <laughs> it, that. we
1: still do that. We still do that. God only um, did this cause you put me in this position,
0: but it's crazy how we will hide ourselves in religious jargon. We will mm-hmm. hide ourselves in irreligious in, jargon. Yes. We will hide ourselves in scientific reasoning. Mm -hmm. because we are hiding from the fear of, of punishment for whatever it is, or we're hiding from the fear of rejection. We're hiding from the fear of something um, that I I believe is, is oftentimes rooted in pride as well. Mm -hmm. But there's that fear that drives us to hide ourselves in something. Mm, And with science and science is amazing. This is the crazy trick of the enemy. Like science is, is beautiful and it testifies to the glory of God. Like you look at and you read the Psalms and you read the literature and the poetic richness Mm -hmm. of scripture. Science testifies to God's truth and to the transcendence of his goodness um, on this earth. But yet the enemy twists it and tries to tell us that what we can do is then manipulate that scientific reasoning to be our God or to be the thing that rules our understanding of what is good, and so then we become the worshipers of the creation, that's right, rather than the creator. And so it's it's ever so slight. Which the slight.
1: word kind of speaks about, yeah. Well, and, a, and, few I'm not, times. And, and
0: again, I'm not saying that science is the enemy or science no, is the devil. Not. I'm saying it's
1: it's, it's the twi- devil. <laughs> is
0: that yeah. devil? But I'm saying it. The twisting of it is ever so slight, and all it takes is one little seed of doubt. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that oftentimes people who um, side with science mm-hmm. will again, placing themselves on the intellectual, um, upper hand, Uh, the high ground. ground. Um, and then Christians oftentimes will inadvertently place ourselves in this unintellectual viewpoint where it's like, we are anti-intellectual. We do not believe anything unless it comes from the word of God. And, and it's dangerous on both sides. Like I think it it ends up being this, like we're on such far opposite ends of where we need to be to understand and hear each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's those of us in the middle who are like, wait a second, guys, hear me. Science (laughs) is good. And the word of God is true. Like let's just meet in the middle and have a good time. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but it was
1: good though. I was there with you. I I went (laughs) along for the ride and I'm glad I did. I'm a better person because of it. (laughs) No, I think, um, First off, before we go any further, if, if you get any value from this, please subscribe, yeah. uh, share this with somebody, let somebody know about uh, the podcast. Comment, uh, ask a question, comment something, on something we're we'll, saying. We'll engage. Um, one of the things that I want to point out uh, is you, you talked about the anti-intellectual position versus the intellectual position. Like mm-hmm. as Christians, y'all, we got to stop taking anti-intellectual ground. Yeah. Um. It, it doesn't win anyone mm-hmm. for the gospel because if just think about this believer. Think about this. If you're telling someone I have the answer to your eternal salvation, and then they turn around and they're like, Hey, how do you feel about um, you know, DNA, the the human genome? And you're like, mm. Oh, I'm not even going to touch that because my God knit me together in in my mother's womb, like with needles, like. So how can I believe you on things eternal when you can't even address like basic truths that are are natural? And even Paul says like, how can you, how can you think spiritual when you're, you're Mm -hmm. so caught up in, in Mm -hmm. the nonsense, right? So it's like science in and of itself is a means to understand the world. Yeah. So given that science has a, has limits, it has boundaries. Mm. It's exhaustible. It's it's exhaustible. The the word of God speaks to the human condition. It speaks to how we relate to our creation or creator. And how we relate to creation it, mm-hmm. it speaks to who we are and again we're going to get into the word of god um, in another in the next episode but the word itself uh, part of the reason that um people debate the word of god versus science is they misunderstand what inerrant means oh misunderstand- yeah that's a hot word that's a it, that's a buzzword it's a buzzword because trigger there's there's <laughs> so much baggage around the word inerrant saying because in the Bible.
0: it's been used it has been used i believe abusively almost like to Mm -hmm. to shut people down in their questioning of things of the lord
1: Mm, that's true yeah and and to reinforce anti-intellectualism yes yes because um when you think about the the roots of the word inerrant comes from like the fundamentalist movement where it's like Mm -hmm. um back in like the niagara convention i can't remember the year but they're like listen the word of god everything it says is true nothing it says can ever be false but that stance doesn't again take into consideration poetic language. It doesn't take into mm-hmm. consideration phenomenological language. Yeah. Like, so you're saying the eyes of the Lord are physically walking the earth, searching. To that would and be fro. so creepy. Like first you're saying of all, that literally, there are literally eyeballs. two
0: giant eyeballs are just walking around. Do they have legs? Or are they just floating are around? They floating like <laughs> Veggie tail style. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so you have to, like, you have to understand when when we as believers, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for. Uh, believers rooted in the the media via uh, mm. in the John Wesleyan tradition specifically, but even in other traditions, who are, understand that there's a middle road that we don't take extreme sides, like uh, kind of like Jesus, right? Those of us who follow the Lord, uh, <laughs> when we say the word is an errant, we mean the things in Scripture teach you without a doubt how to please the Lord, how to live life to the fullest, how to live a mm. a God honoring life, right? And it will not lead you astray in those things, right? Um. And, and that the the word doesn't lack anything when it comes to showing you how to find fullness of life in God. Yeah, you have to know the purpose. And it's exactly. like, this is all stuff we're like, oh, uh, we're going to we're gonna get to it. We're going to get to it. Chomping at the bit over. Like,
0: here. the thing is, you don't go, when you, okay, here's the thing. This tell, is the, tell thing. Us the thing. I want to know it. When your car breaks down
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the side of the road, Yep. and you're like, oh, what should I do? Like, what am I going to do with my car? Do you open up the Bible to figure out, What's wrong with your car?
1: Some people do. Some no, people you do. you open up the
0: Bible to say, Lord, I need your guidance. Lord, please send me somebody. Like, I know no, what you open the Bible you're, for. You're right. But you also don't open up a science textbook. Okay. The answer, like, there are some things that we experience in life as part of the natural process of life as mm-hmm. human beings on this earth. You know what? I'm not just going to go to a science textbook and find the answer. I'm also sure. not going to go to scripture and find the literal answer that I need to fix this problem. Now, can I find hope? Mm-hmm. Can I find an understanding of a process? Yes, I can find that in science and I can find that in scripture. That's right. But we have to stop pitting these things against each other. We have to stop saying, well, if it's not science, it's nothing. If it's not, if I can't find the, if I can't find where I'm going to find my husband in the word of God,
1: then I'm <laughs> the not actual reading actual location. The if actual, have I GPS. need the GPS. <laughs> if it ain't got the longitude it, I can't and drop latitude.
0: The, God didn't drop the pin. <laughs> In the Bible, in my Bible app, I'm not I'm not reading it. That's right.
1: That's because that's what the Word of God is inexhaustible. So it needs to tell me where my man is. Um, so this this whole argument again, we we don't have time to go into uh, any really further depth. Um, but you have to know, as a believer, we we don't we don't need to be afraid of science. And if you're somebody who has been utilizing um, this this naturalism worldview versus the uh, spiritualistic worldview um Specifically, the Christian worldview. If you've been using that as an argument to deconstruct your faith, one thing I want you to know is that these arguments have been happening for literally hundreds of years, and that's not more. Yeah, and you can go back <laughs> and read any argument that you're coming up with in your brain. Like, but what about the flat Earth? I don't know if you talk like that, but that's just the voice that came <laughs> in my head. Um, there are arguments from brilliant Christians and mm-hmm. brilliant scientists, brilliant people who have debated this. I've got a book right here. Uh, which one is it? One of these. Uh, No, this one right here. Science, science, evolution and religion. It's it's a debate. It's a book about these two brilliant scientists. One's a Christian, one's not. And they're just talking about this, the truth of the naturalistic world and what it points to beyond what they can see. Mm. And so I wouldn't I would encourage you to go read some stuff. Don't just well, I feel like this is wrong. I feel like death in the Old Testament is wrong. And so I can't believe in a God that would kill people. Go back, actually watch our episode about that, about murder in the Old Testament. Mm, Yeah, it's a Um, good episode. Because there's there's things about the nature of God that the church has discussed and has prayed about and has explored for thousands of years, literally that you can tap into that richness of history yeah. and, and the knowledge base. You can stand on the shoulders of giants. You don't have to figure this out on your own. <laughs> um, and you don't have to just sit there with your questions in your, in your basement and, mm-hmm. you know, your, your Greek lexicon and be like, ah, oh, I found a word I don't like, so therefore mm. that this whole Christian thing's out the window. Um, let's actually engage in the history that's there. Yeah,
0: and I, I would say also I would re- try to remember that most of the arguments um, that happen don't change people's minds. Come on. The argument, argumentativeness of a topic does not determine whether or not it's going to actually make a difference. That's right. Uh, the difference happens in the engaging with people and being willing to listen mm-hmm. and being willing to stand firm in your own conviction. Say, look, I hear you. Um, this is where I stand, but I'm going to listen. And that's one of the things that we found has been more productive in this conversation is not, um, holding it over someone's head. And uh, like the term, like uh, the Bible thumper, like holding Mm -hmm. it over someone's head and saying, you have to believe this. You have to believe this because as Christians, we're not doing any service to people by, by teaching them. They have to just take our word for it. That's right. It's not our word they have to take for it. That's it. And we have to give room. We have to allow the Holy spirit to work in people and to do what he's been doing from the very beginning, which is hovering and, and, uh, watching over the chaos and then moving in the midst of the depths of it. Sorry, so you were good. about to laugh at me. <laughs> oh no,
1: I was laughing about because I was thinking about the literal eyeballs walking around.
0: Oh, spirit hovering. And here's a,
1: <laughs> just one more bit of encouragement. Um if you are in a relationship as a believer with someone who's who's walking through this process of deconstruction. Um and just to oh sorry just to copy or to, to piggyback off what Kylie Joe said. You're not going to argue them out of that. You're not going to debate them into a place where they're like, "Oh yeah, I see the error of my ways." <laughs> um, but one thing that you can never debate is loving someone. Mm. And I don't mean this is generic; like, just have good vibes towards them. But actually, want what's best for them, serve them. Like maybe don't even make that the center of your conversation. Um, mm. Just seek ways to to connect with them on a deeper level, to love them through their stuff, to walk with them, even if they're walking away from the faith. You as the uh, physical, tangible body of Christ you can still love them where they are mm-hmm. because that's what Jesus did for us. And so oh. don't, don't get drawn into the argument. Don't, don't make it about that. And yes. um, if you want to be a member of our inner circle, I just want to say this before we close, mm-hmm. um, go to www.patreon.com slash Nick Smith podcast. And you can find out more about how you can get extra content, how you can uh, learn about cool merch, like this awesome mug we got. <laughs> um, actually, we don't even sell these anymore. So
0: oh, yeah, if you run in the don't. inner circle,
1: you missed out on that. Um, we've got other ones. So, um, yeah, go there and find out about that.
0: Yeah. So make sure that you comment below, like, and subscribe for That's your right. weekly dose of living truth. And, um, if you want to be a part of that inner circle, again, we are going to have some extra content coming up soon. We're going to talk about the frustration tolerance that That's right. we all need to cultivate and we coming all need up. to have. And so we really want you to be a part of that. Make sure that you sign up. It's just like a dollar a month. It's nothing. It's not that, not that like big that. of a deal. It's like it's less than a coffee, right? That's yep. what we're supposed to tell you. So we would love to have you as a part of that. And this has been the Nick Smith Podcast. We hope that this episode has
1: connected you to living truth. Be, Be blessed. blessed.